Okay, well, good afternoon. For the purposes of our recording, today is Tuesday, July the 24th, and I'm Wes Fryer. We're going to talk about iPad videography. How many of you have made a video with your iPad before? Anybody made one before? Okay. Has anybody shared one online before? No. Okay. Well, we are going to learn some very powerful and exciting techniques for capturing video. Having been, you know, using video for a while, um, my real aha using the iPad and, with, and video was when um, I've taught a uh, fifth grade and then sixth grade Sunday school class at our church for the last four years, and we've done lots of different kinds of video. And one of the things I really like to do are finger puppet videos because we can have uh, video finger puppets. We're not showing any kids, but the voices are there. and We can be very creative. I mean, you just take out a bunch of finger puppets, and, I mean, creativity almost just takes over the room. You know, kids want to start doing things with these finger puppets. But for me, what was such an aha was seeing how we could um, use just an iPad and in about 10 minutes after class was finished, my kids could edit the video and publish it and share it, and it was done. I wasn't spending like two hours Sunday afternoon, you know, importing it from the camera and editing tweaks and then sharing it. I mean, that is a huge factor. And I call this the ethic of minimal clicks. It's not that I want to encourage people to do poor quality, fast work. That's not it. But if I can do something with... 15 or 20 clicks that took 100 clicks or something in 45 minutes that would have taken three hours, guess what? I'm going to do it more often and I will probably be able to do it with my students more because time is a huge factor. So um, I am right now mirroring my iPad to my laptop. So um, I'm able to walk wherever I would like to be in the room and I can show you what I would like to on the screen. When I am recording with the iPad, as I might have mentioned this morning, it's better to plug in directly to the cable. But there are several different ways that you can mirror with the iPad, and I really think having one of those um, available in your classroom is, is a good thing because it allows us to, to uh, use proximity, which we all know can be important with students, you know, and not be tethered at the front. Yes, sir? Yes, I'm using a program called Air Server, and it's PC and Mac compatible. It's a $15 program, and so it has to run on my computer, whatever it is that's connected to the screen. So um, I have some links on our on our resource page to this, and um, Air Server is one. The other one is called Reflection App. They're both $15. You can also buy a $100 Apple TV. But in addition to that, you've got to have a way to connect that to your projector. Most projectors aren't high def, and, and the Apple TV is HDMI. So anyway, that's a bit of uh, an aside, but a related aside. This link, um, which is just wfriar.me slash iPad video, should forward you to the following web page, which has all the resources that we're going to be talking about today. Um, this last summer, well, this, we're still in, I guess, um, I had a chance to facilitate two different iPad media camps. I guess I'm not on. Oh, did I disconnect from the Internet? I did. Um, the way that I actually have my mirroring working, the wireless here is locked down to not allow iPad mirroring to happen. So I brought my own access point, um, but it's not on the Internet. So I'm going to end up switching my, my Internet connection. 
But this is a three-day camp, and I really would love to do, I was talking to Carla this, um, this, at lunch about maybe doing one this next summer um, here. It's a three-day camp, and it is learning how to create narrated slideshows and screencasts, quick edit videos, and the last thing is ebooks and doing interactive writing. So we could do all week on this topic alone. We're going to do like 45 minutes. So there are more resources here than we're going to have time to watch and connect with. But um, I'll try to not talk too much and get to the showing part. Um, this statistic I learned in April, for every minute of YouTube video today, 60 hours gets put online. There's a ton of video that's being created. Um, there is a nice YouTube visualization called One Hour Per Second, and this basically just runs and shows you each 60 seconds there are all the, there's all these different ways that you can think about what that means. So it says, let's visualize that, and you click play. The International Space Station completes one orbit of Earth in 1.5 seconds of uploads. Eight seconds of man's submersible returns from a record-breaking dive to 35,797 feet. Okay. I'm not going to that, – that runs for a long time. But there's, there's a lot of, um, of different ways to think about just how much – how many videos are, are being uploaded. Um, let me show you some examples, and then Rachel, I think, is going to volunteer to, um, to help me a little bit. Uh, let me first show you some examples from iPad Media Camp. We did one in June in Yukon, Oklahoma, and then I did another one um, just two, uh, two weeks ago in Edmond. And uh, this is one that teachers created about using technology. And so this was the second video of the day. The first one that we shot with the iPad was just um, a short little interview, just a question and somebody answering it. For this next video, what we did was we had a couple different people we interviewed, probably at least three or four people, and then we added some text at the bottom, and we, we put them together and published them to YouTube. And each of the participants um, ended up, creating their own YouTube channel that they could publish this to. So I'm going to hit play here and we'll see how our, how our internet speed does. I'm here at the iPad Media Camp with Dr. Leslie Fryer and I'm asking people today how have you used technology in your classroom or what have you learned at this workshop that you plan on incorporating next year? Thank you for asking that question. Um, I'm planning on using SmartBoard this year but to take it up a step further, now that I know how to use my Apple iPad to uh, enhance teacher or school and student learning, I plan on using um, things from the Internet more, not only to gain students' attention, but also to put more of the learning responsibility on the students and take less or give me less of the responsibility. They need to take more, more ownership in their in their learning, and I think this is a great way. I'm interested in using this technology I've learned in having the kids reteach a lesson that I've taught them by speaking it or teaching it on a video. I'm interested in using the technology we're learning at this iPad camp 
to um, have my students do their oral book reports for biographies and to present that way for their oral and then we'll watch the presentation. Um, in my classroom this year I use technology in the form of a blog. We wrote poetry and then after we ever completed poetry we went down to the computer lab and posted it onto a blog and from that blog children could post and edit and share their in their poems with family and friends. It also gave other children an opportunity to um, edit and review and comment on posts children have made. I use a lot of technology. I've uh, used iMovie and we've made videos of some of the projects that we've worked on. I had the kids create ebooks on how to build a rocket. Um, for me, I use the technology in my classroom more as a communications tool. Some of the technology that I do use, uh, we use calculators to program robot cars. Uh, something that I've learned about that I want to do with the kids coming up, not in this workshop, but one that Wes does teach, is a program called Scratch. And it's a great animation program that teaches the kids um, logical thinking, but also how to work on XY coordinate planes. It teaches them math. It teaches them timing. But it's for kids to do. It was made by some engineers at MIT, and it's wonderful. So that's some of the things I plan on doing this year. In the classroom, I have not actually been able to use as much technology as I would have liked. Although having my dad being who he is, I have gotten the chance to use much of that technology at home in creating projects where I can record my ideas and so the project baseline of where I began and how I got to the ultimate finish of how I was able to do that. Okay, and that was my son who was chatting there. Let me show you an example that I have of an engineering design project that he did and how he used um, the web and YouTube to document his learning. So his um, eighth grade teacher had told him that they needed to make a complex machine and there was a rubric and so he had drawn a diagram for what that was going to look like. And um, he agreed to record a video of himself talking about this and posting this online. And so these were two different videos. I guess that was, yeah, this was the preliminary failure. This is April 29th, 2012, and yesterday and today, my dad and I have been working on my eighth grade science project, which is to construct a compound machine using as many simple machines as you can. And this is the design that we came up with. It is, um, to, you would have a motor attached to a water wheel that we have made um, to eventually turn on a light or create energy. So you have the water wheel that's turning here that is a wheel and axle, which is one of the simple machines. You also have an inclined plane served as this bottle where the water will be rushing down. Then up here you have, um, this is how we are controlling the water output. So we have a lever, um, which is this is, would be the um, axle, and the bottle would be the actual lever itself. 
and it is being controlled by the rope, which is on a pulley. Okay, I'm not going to play the whole thing. Um, actually, it ends up that the first time it doesn't work, and um, then he gets it to work. And we had a classroom in Arizona that was starting to do simple machines for fifth grade. He's doing a little advertisement for Gorilla Glue there. Um, that saw this and used this to help inspire them as they were thinking about their own project, but then also talking about failure and how you know things don't always work the way we design them. So when we talk about making video, it doesn't have to be something we do in class. In fact, it very well might be something we don't do in class because there's a lot of time required. One of my number one encouragements to you is going to be, if you check iPads out to students, have a case that goes around the iPad. We have a cart for our after-school program in Yukon. The first day, kids went out to the blacktop to do some recording. They didn't have any cases, and what do you think happened? One of them got dropped, and that was a $200, you know, problem. So, um, it actually really works well to have one student just responsible for holding the iPad and somebody else pushes the buttons. It's kind of hard to hold it and push the buttons. And so I recommend the case and I recommend having a student who's just there to hold it and make sure it doesn't drop. And then somebody else can be there to, to run the buttons and, and to um, be clicking on it. Um, Here's an example. This is, of all the videos we've published, uh, this one, there's one that has more views. But this one Alexander created a few years ago, and it has 150,000 views. I'm going to do Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder is a medium slack heart and strength figure. It's kind of, it's easy for some people, but not for others. It's one of the most well-known strength figures and one of the strength figures that I have on the top of my log. To start out, you do opening A and drop your thumb strings. Just let them go and pull the strings tight. After that, um, go under all the strings and pick up this far pinky string with your thumbs on the back. And don't pick up any other strings. Then, with the thumbs again, go over the first string, under the second string, and pick it up. And that's off the index finger. Then release your pinky strings. Just let them go and pull the strings tight. After that, with your pinkies this time, go over and under and pick up the string then release your thumbs again and then go and then go with your thumb this time go over both of the strings of the index and pick up the first pinky string and pull it back now also remember this because this is one of the um, this is where um, Jacob's Ladder and Anansi meet because you can do more steps to do a Nazi and just a few more steps to do Jacob's Ladder. But we are going to do Jacob's Ladder. So you are going to take this um, first. You're going to take this index string and put it on your thumb. Then take your thumb string and take it off your thumb. Now you should have a little triangle in there. Do that the same thing with your other hand. Then, this is a hard motion 
this is the motion that makes the string figure hard for some people. They're going to stick their index fingers in the triangles. Now in this motion, you are releasing your pinky strings and your index strings and pulling this string out like this. And you're flipping it and turning it out. And you have Jacob's ladder. Now, if you want to see it fast, it looks like this. Jacob's ladder. Okay. So, uh, talk with your neighbor about those videos that we've seen so far and what you noticed about them and um, whether or not you thought that the, the mode of video was an appropriate or a good one for what was trying to be taught or shared. All right, talk with your neighbor. All right, thoughts, comments? Volunteer your neighbor if your neighbor had something to share that was worth repeating. I was saying it would be great um, for students, especially in math class, you can have one student, I don't teach math, but you can have one student demonstrating how to solve a problem. It would give them that role as well as the student that's watching if they didn't understand something, they could go back and replay it. Sure, asking students to be able to, to, to teach and to, to share. And while we can use video for those things, what some teachers who are doing that now use more are screencasts or um, narrated slideshows where they're capturing the screen but then they're using the John Madden style pen to be able to draw on the screen and then be able to mark up. What else was a comment or something that was said about this? Was this an appropriate modality for this particular video? Why? Because you could see the image. really clearly and it focused on its hands. It wasn't back too far. So that, well, I mean, I could even try that. And you could pause it too, right? Yeah. This is the thing with and video. Seen on the student's face, which for some parents, some students are allowed to be filmed. Which right. This would be another great thing. You would be showing the student's face. There are many different options when it comes to media, and we don't have to use student, you know, full name. Certainly, even student first name. We don't even have to have the student in there. And especially if we work in groups, we don't even have to have the student's voice. There could be somebody else who's speaking in there. But it was definitely intentional about let's do why let's do this is pre-iPad I mean this wasn't an iPad video this was I think maybe we used a flip camera to do this but um, do you think this was the first take no. oh no 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 I was going to say, what did you notice about the vocabulary? Well, um, it was very clear, like, drop your pinky, whatever. And so yeah. he, yeah, he had some testimony. Practice. And it was tiny. Practice. So he had done it over and over and over again. And as you're recording something and then you hear it back and you listen, you become aware of that. And it's a great thing that, guess what, you got to see the best take. This was the best take that we made. You didn't get to, you know, see all those other mistakes. I love to teach writing, and I love writing. And one of the biggest things about writing is elaboration and specific detail. And sometimes we'll ask students to write about things they're not very knowledgeable about. They're not deep in. That's one of the things one of my committee members uh, said when I took a writing class with her. She said, you know, when you're going to ask kids to write, ask them to write where they're deep, if you can, because they've got a lot more to say about that. And they can sometimes verbally communicate far more than they could write. So even being able to use video as a way to, you know, create 
We're trying to communicate. Why are we writing? We want to communicate. That's one mode of communication. Video is another. And so maybe we can use this as a bridge and um, maybe we could even divide this up and have us annotate it. Maybe you could take the first 30 seconds with your group and you'll take, you know, 30 seconds to one minute. Let's write down what was said here and then maybe we could even edit it more and, you know, using video to connect to writing and maybe getting things expressed with video that we wouldn't, you know, be able to as fluently or quickly write down. Well, and just move the habits of writing format, but I'm curious about, obviously as educators, we have to be careful about not seeing his face, but you're doing this with him, so you didn't have to be cognizant of that. So did the, did you come in at that camera, did he want to do it from that camera angle, or was the first take from that angle, because I think that point of view thing is something that could maybe you could use that to help build that habit of mind as a writer. But also, it is like, and it's like taking pencils and eyeballs sometimes trying to get kids to do the revision process because they just don't see it. But if we could build that habit of mind in this, because I'm sure you didn't have to twist his arm to get him to do different takes. Right. Right, right. In fact, he did a whole series. He did like eight, and this was his favorite one. Yeah. Well, and then using that script then to create it because it's very challenging. You got to know your stuff to be able to talk fluently without a lot of ahs, ums, pauses. And most times, kids are going to do better with a script than they are going to be with performance. So that whole idea that we can then prepare this script that then we take to the next level, and whether we do a video or we do a narrated slideshow or we do puppet theater or something else, you know, we have another way of making that script come alive. Another comment or thought over here. Well, I'm going to say you don't have to do the editing for a kid. If you were to do, like, the first take and then group videos and try to do the activity based right. on the first take, I think that can be... When we're talking about writing and, and really going in and explaining in detail, I think this is a good example of how to get them aware of that. Oh, this really didn't work out because I didn't say pinky finger versus ring finger or whatever. I mean, it's a good tactile, integrated way of showing kids that maybe you didn't explain as well as you thought you took something for granted that the reader or the Miniger in this case would need to know. So I mean, that could be a very powerful opportunity it, for kids. And you can build things into your rubric like vocabulary, right? You can have, there's an example we use with the narrated slideshow of the Iceland volcano, Aya Fietje Yerkel. The only reason I can say that is three sixth graders were in my kitchen for about three hours on a Saturday, you know, recording their script and trying it over and over again. And it was really important to say Ayafiyetya Yerkel and pyroclastic and, you know, these other earth science vocabulary terms that were part of the rubric. So as you build your rubric for your kids, you can do it in such a way that it emphasizes vocabulary and what, what are the important pieces, but it still leaves it open for them to be creative. So um, remember, our focus in this session is quick edit video. And there, there's a lot of other examples that I have here, a lot of other fun ones. Um, but I want to get to actually making the videos. I do want to show you a link that I have to Marcus Trulove's YouTube channel. One of the 12 teachers I worked with at UConn this last year as the Common Core uh, Innovative Instructional Coach. That was where Common Core State, um, whatever. I mean, I have different, different views on that. But anyway... 
he had his kids at the end of the year do scripts about the Lincoln-Douglas debates and the Compromise of 1850. And so this isn't, again, iPad. This was just flip camera. But his students had written scripts and rehearsed and prepared this, and then he recorded it, and we made a YouTube channel that the district, for the first time, let teachers create. How do you think this is different that these videos are now on YouTube? Is that different at all? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you look at the views, some of these have three views, some of them have six. This was at the end of the year. But it potentially can, can, be, can be quite different because the audience can be different, right? We don't have any student names at all in these. I'll, I'll play a little bit of this one. This is two minutes long. This, is just, and this was also recorded a couple times in many cases. We didn't, you didn't keep the first take. But this is group number one. You guys are going to tell me what your reenactment names are and what you're reenacting. John T. Calvin. Daniel Webster. Northern 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 during the time the North and South were arguing over whether it should be admitted as a slave state or a free state, and Henry Clay wrote a compromise which John C. Calhoun argued with. All right, awesome. So let's go ahead and do your reenactment. Hey, look at California over there. What a cool thing to say. I think it's free of slavery. Well, well, well. What about the Senate? What about it? Well, if there are more free states in the Senate, we might lose our slaves. So what? We want slavery abolished. Shut up your mouth. The South will succeed from the Union. Yeah, we'll succeed unless you pass our escape slaves and return them to us. Three thousand didn't have to do this very much and I can't edit his video because this is his channel but on my videos that I have I can go in and click the edit button and now you can even do some trimming to the video right on the YouTube website and so there's this link that says trim and I can uh, move my mouse and uh, do some editing and trimming right here within the uh, adjusting the start and end times of the video. And that wasn't possible even last year. So there are a lot of different possibilities. What I'd like to do now is go ahead and record a video, and I think Rachel's going to help me a little bit, and we're going to um, use iMovie to do a, little, a few little edits to it. Um, I want to point out to you that I've got a bunch of apps that are listed, and then I've got some tutorials 
Somewhere I've got here about a YouTube channel. And I've got a link of how to create your own YouTube channel. And um, all right, I'll have to find that link here in a little bit. But that was, that was something that we took the teachers through step by step. This is the first year that we've um, allowed students to access um, YouTube for schools, which is a filtered part of YouTube. And our teachers can bypass the filter to be able to see other videos. And this is last semester was the first time teachers created their own channels. So what we're going to try and do now is, um, Rachel, would you mind driving the iPad? I'm going to go ahead and turn the mirroring on the iPad. And in order for this to work, I've got to switch to the same wireless as what the iPad is on. Do you want to have a safe chair to stand in? I think you'll be okay, actually. Yeah, turn it, because I'll need it. Go ahead and see if you can shoot. Can you um, turn on the mirroring? See if you can turn on the mirroring now, if that'll work. Yep. Can I lower it a little bit? Well, you want to, can you, you want to sit in this? See if that works. Okay, Rachel, for people who haven't done mirroring before, um, you going to be okay with that or is that going to be too precarious? Is it dangerous? Don't be dangerous. Here. There you go. Okay. So press the home button for us, please. And then show us how did you turn on mirroring? What did you do on your iPad? If you want to turn on mirroring, double click your home button. And then you'll get there. These are all your apps that you recently used. Swipe to the left. Then do you see that little box with the arrow in it? You know, click on that. Okay, so that appears whenever you have an Apple TV on your same Wi-Fi network or you're running a program like Air Server or Reflection App, that will show up as an option for you. So what I recommend you do for video is go ahead and shoot the video with the iPad's camera. And so, Rachel, if we don't know what folder our camera is in, what can we do? Well, we know what folder your camera's in. The first thing that you can do, you also can double click the home button, like I told you, or you can go to the spotlight. So again, you can use swipe to the left, but there's no keypad. Whenever your app is named, uh, search the name of it. So it's called camera. And also it shows all of the ones that it thinks it could be, so there it is. Okay, very good. Now, you do not have to have any fancy attachments to do iPad video. The Civil War example that we showed you, Mark Gastrew was an eighth grade U.S. history teacher in Yukon, Oklahoma. We just got a flip camera and didn't have any microphones, anything special. We wouldn't have to plug in anything special here, but one of my favorite tools to use is this iRig microphone, which is $60, and it plugs right into the headphone jack, 
and you don't have to do any kind of special um, coordination with it. I think you lost your mirror, so you need to turn your mirror back on. It just plugs in, and um, even if your building purchases one and it's in the library and you check it out, it really does a nice job of filtering out background noise. And one of the things I've seen with a lot of video is people will tolerate poor video quality more than audio. If you do a recording and it's loud and it's in the hallway, I mean, forget it. People are not going to want to watch it. So it also is kind of cool to have a microphone. You feel more professional. A good rule of thumb is to use a fist distance away. You don't want it to be in your mouth. You also don't want it to be too far. Um, this one has a couple different settings. But Walmart sells these. Best Buy does. Apple Store sells them. It's called iRig. And I have links to this and, and some other microphone examples um, on our webpage. So I, I think we're going to want to adjust this a little bit, uh, up just a little bit, okay? Um, and um, what question would you like me to um, answer? Here, take 30 seconds and uh, brainstorm a question for me to answer right now. Ready? Go. What question should I answer that you might have? I'll give you a hint. Well, they can ask anything. They must Does anybody want to ask just a volunteer question? Do you have a question that you have that you'd like to ask that would take at least 30 seconds to answer? If you don't have iPhone 8, can you still use MetaVan? Okay, good question. Yes. All right, so Rachel is right now on the camera. Down here in the bottom left corner, There's there are two um, icons. One's a camera and one's a video. So she's going to have to switch to the video. All right, and yep, and now your dot here has, has changed from the camera icon to the red dot. Now we may lose the we may lose the mirroring while we record this, but um, that'll be okay if we do. All right, are we ready? What are you going to do, Rachel? To let me know that we're on. Good thing to do. Want to give people a signal? Tell them what the signal is. What we use for you is a thumbs up. Okay. Hi, I'd like to answer the question, can I still do editing even if I don't have an iMovie app on my iPad? And the answer is yes, there are a couple ways to do this. There are several free apps that will allow you to do some editing, but now you can also edit on YouTube, and that's especially helpful to trim the front or the back of the video if it's not exactly the way that, that you want to share it. Um, but um, on uh, the web link that you should be seeing here at the bottom, wfriar.me slash iPad video, you'll see links to several different apps and you can check out some of the free apps that will let you edit as well. But um, especially if you do short videos, it may not be necessary to do a lot of editing any more than just trimming off the front and the end of the video. Okay, cool. That means uh, a video that you were showing where you were interviewing the teachers and the little captions popped up. Right. Was that a function of iMovie that you added? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's what we're going to do right now. That's what I'm going to show you. One of the links that I have on our, on our page under tutorials is a step-by-step -step of how to do this. In my ebook, which you all can download for free, um, I've got this as well. But, you know, take it in stages. Do you want to drive, Rachel, or would you prefer I take over now? Are you okay, too? Okay. So we're going to add that. We're going to add those features now. So, Rachel, if you'll now go to our camera roll. So she's going to click on the home. She's going to click on the home button, and go to the camera roll. 
There's a couple different ways that you can get this video off of your iPad. We certainly could plug it in with our with our dock connector to our computer, and we could um, we could uh, import the video that way. Rachel, if you click on photos, and then go back to the thumbnail view to see all the different pictures in that photo roll. Go back in the corner to go back to the the camera roll. Oh, you lost your mirroring, so double click and turn your mirroring back on. If we keep on losing it, we'll plug it in. But what? What did I do? That's okay. You you did it just perfect. Okay, go all the way down to the bottom, and our most recent video should be down there. Oh man, we gotta go down. Okay, there is an arrow in the upper right corner, and if you click on that arrow, I think we ought to probably go ahead and plug it in. Um, then we can go ahead and share that video to YouTube. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and unplug my laptop. And we'll plug the iPad right in. When I'm showing web pages and I'm showing things that, are, that don't involve recording, it, um, it seems to work a lot better. But sometimes when I'm doing recording, it seems like it doesn't like to like to switch a lot. So, okay. So I now have the chance to be able to share to share this video, and there is an option when you click on the video, and I don't think it's going to show this to you. Um, it doesn't pop up on the screen, but there is a message that says "Send to YouTube," and when you send to YouTube, um, it um, sometimes it will not let you do that with a video that is very long. So what I'd like to demonstrate quickly is how you can use the, the program iMovie, which is a, is it $5 or how much is it? Is it 5 Okay. Believe me, it is totally, I'm not, I don't get a kickback from Apple or Google or any of the stuff that I'm advocating for. Um, but I, I really, having tried a bunch of different apps, really think it's extremely powerful to be able to do this kind of editing. So um, you have a choice with this new version to either create a project or a movie trailer. And I'm going to choose to do a new project. Rachel, do you want to drive now? Or do you want me to? Do you want me to? I'm, I'm good, too. Okay. There are, uh, you know where my, uh, my laser pointer went? Did you see the? Oh, here it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. If you've used iMovie before or some other kinds of video editors that use a timeline, this might be a little familiar. This is more like iMovie was in 2006, where you have a timeline down here, you have what's called a shelf where your videos are, and then you have a preview area. Um, in Scratch, it's called a stage. What I'm going to do first is I'm going to tap up here on the top where my most recent video is. And what do you see happened to it when I tapped it? It became yellow, okay, indicating it was selected. And then there's an arrow. And when I touch that arrow, it's going to drop right down into uh, my project. If I would want to import some other videos, I could also tap on them, and I could insert those into the project. And so now I have a minute and 28 seconds of video that's been imported. Um, what would you do on a desktop computer if you wanted to delete something like that? If you wanted to delete a file, what can you usually do on your desktop? Just right-click it, okay? The equivalent on the iPad for right-clicking is either two taps or sometimes clicking and holding down. And so when you tap twice, you see you get a lot more choices, and we'll just choose delete clip, so we don't want that one. So um, 
you can see that on this video, if I hit play, I've got some extra stuff. I need to turn my volume up. Did I unplug my sound? Hmm. All right, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure why my audio just went off. At this point, if I couldn't get it solved, what would be a good thing for me to do? Ask a student to assist me? <laughs> Seriously, okay? Does somebody think they can come up and help and assist? Um, I'm, I'm just going to unplug this and we'll just listen through the iPad speakers. I'm not sure why, why my, my power just went off to my speakers. Um, Rachel, can you check and see if, the, if this is plugged in? Or if it got plugged in before? Kind of follow that. Okay, so what I'd like to do is I'd like, can you see down at the bottom? Where? Just find, find out where that's plugged in. Where, where did we plug it in? Well, I think that's what I want you to do while I'm trying to, to, to teach. Do you see how there are um, waveforms here at the bottom that show where the audio begins? It's kind of small, but that's the spot right there where the audio begins. What I'd like to do is trim my video so that it starts right there. And so when you tap on your video, you get a handle that's similar to what Rachel showed in Book Creator earlier today when she was showing how you could resize pictures. And if you simply touch your finger on that handle and drag, you can actually change the starting point of the video. So now it is going to start right where I start talking. I don't know if I want my mouth to be wide open there at the very beginning of it, so I'll move back just a little bit and we'll start it there, okay? Similarly, I can move down to the back or the end of my video and I can adjust the ending because I've got a little bit of extra. And it's always good to have more video rather than less because if you start recording after they start talking, you can't put it in. But you can always trim extra out. So encourage your students to, to start the video recording and like Rachel did, give a thumbs up and that way you know that the camera's rolling when they're starting to talk. Okay? Did you find where it's plugged in? You're tracking it down. Uh, hard work. Okay. Oh, you know what, honey? I discovered the problem. Do you see? Do you see what it is? See this? It became unplugged. Yay! Thank you for checking that for me. All right. So now we'll have a little audio, and it'll be a little bit more interesting to see how this sounds. I'd like to answer the question, can I still do editing even if I don't? Okay. So we could now, simply trimming that video, publish it to YouTube and be done. And the way that you do that, similar to Book Creator, is if you click at the top to go back to your projects, there are buttons at the bottom of the screen, including this box with an arrow that goes out, and that will send your video to these different places. One of them could be the camera roll, just so I have it to be able to play it uh, on my iPad. And I can transfer it from there like I would a digital picture. I can send it to YouTube. Vimeo is another channel that you can publish to. Um, one of the most important things that I'll encourage you to do, and I've got a link, pretty sure um, the tutorial, and if not, I'll add it. Please turn moderation on the comments of your YouTube videos. By default, every video that's put on YouTube has open commenting. 
Okay? And one of the things we don't want to have happen as we share stuff for school and sharing academic work is to have some bullying happen, have some profanity put on stuff. And um, unfortunately, YouTube does not allow us to set that as a default. I think it should say, hey, I'm a teacher. I want comment moderation on all my videos. You have to do it individually. But I've got a little tutorial link that explains how to do that. And I think that's an important um, thing. Why would I even want to publish on YouTube? Does anybody have an idea about that? Access, uh, being able to write. How much does it cost me to publish there? It's free. And unless I have a special account, I can, I can go up to 15 minutes long. So it just wasn't very many years ago when it was really hard to be able to share video and allow folks to see it. And so there's all kinds of things that I can teach and show and my students can as well. Uh, my encouragement to you is to, if you're not already as a district, looking at YouTube and having teacher channels where you can have your own channel as a teacher, I think that's a really positive and, and, and beneficial thing to be able to do. But that is how I could save it immediately. Now, I'm going to go ahead and click on it and add just a couple other things, and you had asked about the subtitles, and I'm going to show you how to do that. If you'd like to add a subtitle, you've got to decide where you want it to end, because right now this is one long clip. And the way that you will cut the clip is you will touch it and your finger becomes a knife. And you can now swipe down over the clip and I just cut the clip. So it's still going to play the same. And the answer is yes. There are a couple ways to do this. It's not going to have a break, but what it's going to do is treat this initial clip differently. Now, how did we delete a clip earlier? What do we have to do? Double tap. Okay. So just like my would when I, double, when I was going to delete it, I'll double tap, but you can see at the top it says title style, and I can choose opening, middle, or ending. Well, I'm going to make this an opening title style, and when I tap up here, I can say, um, can I edit iPad videos without iMovie? Okay? And so now that is going to, to show up at the beginning of my movie when I play and it's going to fade away. Hi, I'd like to answer the question, can I still do editing even if I don't have an iMovie app on my iPad? And the answer is yes, there are a couple ways to... Now, there are different themes that you can apply to your movie. Yes. I touched it. And then wherever the red line is, when you swipe your finger down, your finger is like a knife. And I definitely have to repeat that and do that several times, but it's the swipe down. That's probably the trickiest little step or, or, or move. The red line is always in the middle, so you, you are moving your movie behind it, and you move your movie to the spot where you want to cut, and then you touch and swipe. So what I'm going to do now is go up here to the corner and touch on this gear, which is the settings, and this allows me to select some different themes. My favorite theme, generally, for interviews is this one, which is called the CNN iReporter theme, and when I click on this, I have a chance to put in my location, and I don't really want to put in DFW, so I'm just going to type, uh, are we in Fort Worth or are we in Trophy Club? Where are we? I don't know if this will. And now um, it's going to say that and have a map up here in the corner. So this is what it looks like now. 
Hi, I'd like to answer the question, can I still do editing even if I don't have an iMovie app on my iPad? And the answer is yes. There are a couple ways to do this. There are some, okay? You can add additional things as you go in. I think I said I was going to put a link in um, on uh, the web link that you should be seeing. Okay, so I said a web link. So how am I going to cut that? I touched it and swiped down. Now I can double tap, and I'm going to, instead of opening, I'm going to choose middle, and I'm going to go ahead and put in this web link so that people are going to be able to see it as they see this video. And it's slash iPad video. Again, you can copy and paste things. You don't have to be typing it, but this is how that part of the video is going to show that you want to share it. Um, but um, on uh, the web link that you should be seeing here at the bottom, wfriar.me slash iPad video, you'll see links to several different apps, and you can check out some of the free apps that will let you edit as well. But um, especially if you do short videos, it may not be necessary to do a lot of editing any more than just trimming off the front and the end of the video. Okay. So that is really, the, those are the basics of, of quick edit publication. And so what I'm going to do now during our break, I'm going to connect this to the to the uh, website if we can upload to YouTube, and I'm going to go ahead and push YouTube. Um, it's saying failed because I'm not connected to that website or uh, to the internet. I'm connected to this other access point. But you can see I put in title, description, I choose a category, I'll do education or how to, I'll probably do education. And these things are also easier to edit once you're on your YouTube channel. I'll leave this large. If I say high definition, that's going to be huge and, and big and, and bigger than it needs to be. Um, I'm also going to choose public. Know that you can do unlisted video, just like an unlisted phone number. Could you call an unlisted phone number right now if I gave it to you? Yeah. Probably. Okay. But you wouldn't be able to look it up. So, same thing with the YouTube video. You can't Google for it. You can't go to my channel and see it because it's unlisted. But it's there. And if I give you the link, either in our school site or, you know, somewhere else, you can get to it. So, um, I... So, is there a limit to the size you can upload directly from your iPad? There's a time limit, and it limits you to 15 minutes. And even if your account is activated for uploads that are longer, it won't let you do more. So, on our website, um, the iPad video site, I've got links to other apps a link to this um, uh, little tripod mount that I had and the microphones. There's lots of different things you can do. My encouragement is find some ways to appropriately use quick edit video. Don't think, oh my gosh, I've got to spend four hours on this. If you've got an iPad, you don't. It's possible to shoot something and maybe do some minor tweaking to it, maybe put some titles, but then get it published. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your conference.